Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, LaCharles, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. I just thank you for everything that you have been doing in our lives, Lord. I just thank you for continuing to bless your people, Lord, and make it where we can accomplish your will, Lord, and guiding us into your truth, Lord, and making it where we're able to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we're continuing our study in 1 Peter. Um, I'm going to begin in verse 13. Could I get a volunteer to read 13 through 21, please? I will. All right, I promise. Therefore, gird up with the loins of your mind. Hold on. Start that over, sweetheart. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hopeful your hope fully on the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as as he who called you is holy, you also will be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And if he call the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's works, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you are not redeemed from with corruptible things, like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received, a tr- tradition from your fathers. But with the precious blood of Jesus of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and, sp- and without spot. He indeed was foreordained for, for for before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these, t- in these last times for you, mm-hmm. who th- through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Thank you. So let's begin with you. What is the Holy Spirit ministering to you? What questions do you have? Um, Dad, I just have a really quick question. Okay, I would like to know where the scripture was. I think it might have been Solomon that said to guard your hearts. I believe it's in Proverbs four. Um one minute I'll find it. Proverbs four, twenty three through twenty six, and I believe it's also in Proverbs twenty four three. Is that scripture again, honey? Proverbs 4? Yeah, 4, 13 through 16, I believe. 
4, 23 through 26. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Get there. You can read it. Okay. I have what I was looking for. Okay. We'll read it and explain. Starting in First Peter chapter 1, verse 13 says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Um, Proverbs 4, 23 and 24 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. And then if we go to Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So what Peter is talking about here, he was telling you to be watchful of the things that you let come into you, that you dwell on and meditate on, and what you let come out. Because... Um, as a man thinks, so is he. If you're constantly thinking of curses and how much you hate somebody and how much you dislike them, and that's all you're constantly meditating on, when you speak with that person, that's what's going to come out. You're not going to magically go, okay, I'll keep it in because I'm talking to you. It just builds up over time, and then eventually it comes out, almost like arguments. Arguments is like the releasing of water. Therefore, stop an argument before it starts. Likewise, curses and unloving words are like releasings of water. Therefore, stop those words from building up before it starts. And that's very important for a believer and that we watch what we take in and what comes out, especially taking it. If you don't take in hate, you're not going to have it in your heart necessarily, if, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you don't get a seed that hasn't fallen into the ground, fruit from a tree that's not planted. You don't get apples from oranges. So if you're thinking and meditating on the word of God and his goodness, that's what's going to come out of you when you speak. That's what everybody's going to see. You're an epistle known and read by all men. So they're going to see who you truly are. You can only put on a mask for so long and then the truth really comes out. And then when people see it, they're like, oh, Mm -hmm. you don't want them to uh, curl back in horror when they (laughs) see what you are truly. It should be like, oh, yeah, I knew that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, you don't want the Lord to curl, curl back, back in horror, horror. Yeah, because exactly. he sees all things. He knows all things, right? Yes. It's it's good that we represent him well, but at the end of the day, it is his well done is that, that matters, that holds all the weight. And you might, you know, just make sure you focus on that part of it. We want to be the fragrance of the knowledge of God being diffused in the earth, mm-hmm. and we want our Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to be pleased with us. God will take care of everybody else. Absolutely. And then, like you were, you were bringing out, drawing out, if you will, when does that start? In the midst of a problem? No. Okay. Before there even becomes a problem, right? Yes. It's not wait till we're in an argument, if you will, and then, oh, now I'm going to live righteous and holy. No, there's preventative measures right live yes. this way all the time consistent just like the example set forth in christ you don't wait till you got into a problem to say now i've got to read up on scripture now i'm going to pray all right i'm going to seek my father i gotta right? go read the bible first <laughs> right no he was always ready 
because he fashioned his life in such a way where he was always in the presence of the Lord, not distracted. Eyes didn't go to the left or to the right, but they were always focused on the Father, that is the Heavenly Father, living uprightly, holy before him, as we are too. That is the, I'll say the second half or part all right, because what we went over in first, in the, especially the first section of First Peter, the first 12 verses, we talked about receiving salvation, right? Yes. So, okay, it's good. Yes, we receive salvation. We prayed the, the what's often referred to as a sinner's prayer, right, where we acknowledge that the Lord, He is God, He is our God, right? And we come to Him as sinners, and we put Him in His rightful place as Lord and Savior of our life. Yes. Okay? And that's wonderful. But now it's let's live rightly before him, in alignment with him and his will. Right? Yes. So there, there must be a change in us. And the Lord will change that. But we have to desire that, not to go on continuing in the way we lived and walked before, I'll say, putting him in his rightful place as Lord and Savior of our lives. Okay. Yes, Dad. Good. Anyone else? Uh, I like to go. Okay. okay. Well, please do, sir. The floor is yours, as they say. The Lord was showing me verse six to <coughs> the end of the chapter. Verse six. 16. Oh, sorry. Verse sixteen. Oh, okay. And how it says, be holy for I am holy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know exactly what the scripture it is. Was, I think it was Paul who's talking about renewing your mind daily. Mm. Okay. So the Lord showed me that Peter is also getting at. It's not just, oh, I talked to the Lord just once this day or I talked to him this week or last month, so I don't have to talk to him anymore. And like how Mom was pointing out in Layla, you didn't. So you're not going to go ask the devil. Hey, devil, can you stop? Because I need to go read my Bible and talk to the Lord. (laughs) It's on you to be prepared for... Trials. Yes. That scripture you're talking about, sweetheart, is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mommy. You're welcome, sweetie. Go ahead, Tony. And my cow... Dad likes to point out, once, once saved, always saved, that mentality that some people have. But it's crucifying your flesh daily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So not, not feeling like, oh, I came in the door once and I got saved and now that's it. I can live the life of ease. <laughs> <laughs> but better, more so, better yet, you must stay actively engaged in pursuing God, renewing your mind so that you are continuing to progress and not drifting away from him. Exactly. And 
help me out with this, honey, but isn't it Paul who writes about that? If we continue sinning, if we go on willfully, willingly sinning, what price can be paid, if you will? Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. That's that's Paul's writing. Like in other words, it's hey, there should be a difference. And actually, what Paul, or sorry, what Peter writes about here, the verse, the scripture, "Be holy, for I am holy." You, he takes it out of Leviticus. It's uh, you can find it specifically in Leviticus eleven, verse forty-five. But I want to read forty-four through forty-seven. Leviticus eleven forty-four through forty-seven. Give you all a minute to get there. All right, ready? It says, For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth. For I am the Lord who brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. This is the law of the animals and the birds and every living creature that moves in the waters and of every creature that creeps on the earth. To distinguish between the unclean and the clean and between the animal that may be eaten and the animal that, they, that may not be eaten. So as we look at that, right, just this this section of scripture, you see the Lord's, I'll say commands, his commandments apply to everyone and everything is to have the Lord be their God and they be his people. Everything. Everything. Right, even in verse forty-six, it, it continues beyond just man. It says even the the animals and the birds, right? Yes. But again, we are to know, to understand, and be able to separate or differentiate the holy from the profane. Or, and this is the way it's stated here: the clean from the unclean. As a requirement, we are to know. Does it make sense? Yes. Okay. Why? Because the Lord's holy. And if we, walking with him, knowing him, listening to his voice, and reading his word, letting the Holy Spirit minister to us, we're going to know his ways and his thoughts. We're going to know what is of the Lord and what isn't. What is right and true, and what is a copy or counterfeit. He's going to reveal that. We should know, being, starting off maybe as infants in Christ, but growing and maturing, being perfected in love. It's what's required here. Excuse me. Loving God, loving his people, but worshiping him only. Not anything else. Mm -hmm. And you see the... I find it interesting that right after that, right, where Peter references that scripture, as you pointed out, it he confirms what was already said about calling on in verse seventeen. That is in First Peter, right, one seventeen, talks about the Father without partiality judges each one according to their work. 
I'm not judged by what you do. You're not judged by what I do or don't do for the Lord. Right? So then he encourages them to conduct themselves during their time on the earth, living it out with fear and reverence. Fear, which is reverence. Right? Honoring the Father, glorifying him. And then in verse 18, it makes a very uh, distinct and distinguishable remark. He says, You were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, and, and then there's a comment, he says, from your aimless conduct, or we could put in the word or there, or from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Right? But, with, but then in verse 19, it says, from the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Traditions, religious traditions, are not what brings us into a relationship with Christ. Could you imagine that? If you and I were to have a relationship, and I was like, well, you can only talk to me at these times throughout the day, throughout the year. You have to face in this direction. You can, right? You have to go through this process. And these, can you imagine that? What kind of relationship is that? And would you even consider it worth it? No. No. <laughs> Highly probably not. Like, never mind. Uh, right? Just yes. not going to bother talking to you. That's not what this is about. Can always come before our Heavenly Father. It's not about the rituals. The rituals were always meant to be a sign, or rituals or traditions were always meant, the ones that the Lord passed down, that is. Let's make that distinguishing feature, characteristic. The, the, the traditions, religious traditions, if you will, that were passed down were always meant to point us to Him and to Christ so that we could come into a true and living relationship with our Heavenly Father. Not acting as a substitute for that relationship. Mm-hmm. So, it is going beyond just the mere traditions, if you will. Not that they're bad in and of themselves, but they're not a substitute for our relationship with our Heavenly Father. So what Peter is getting at here is we should be living on our lives differently. And he, he describes it, right? Giving praise to the Father, all those things. Praise and worshiping the Father and not taking our eyes off Him. But remaining in His presence. Being so connected that He can speak to us at any time. Right? Yes. And and the aimless conduct, he says. What is, is is that not also restated by Paul, the apostle, where he says, "I buffet my flesh, and I, I get it into submission, and I don't box or fight aimlessly." It was a concerted, targeted, calculated, systematic approach and way and effort in which he yes took care of his flesh and and got it into submission so that he could have a more clear um, ability to hear what the Father is saying through the Holy Spirit and live out his life accordingly. And that is an example and pattern for all of us. We all must take that and apply it to our lives. It matters. But yes, so good job, sir. Anyone else? I have something. All right, well, Charles. 
I'd like to take you guys to James chapter 4, verse 17. Is everybody there? Mm-hmm. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Mm-hmm. The Lord was showing to me verse four, yes, 14. As being children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. Saying Peter was basically saying, do not do the same things that you did when you were not in Christ and did not know not to do these things. Like when you're a baby, there are certain things that you don't get in trouble with, but as when you grow up, mommy spanks you for doing that because you know not to do that. You're no longer uh, a baby or a child and that you can't comprehend the consequences of your actions. At that point, it's just disobedience and it needs to be sorted out. So, so whether it's discipline in the form of spankings or it is law enforcement, right, putting someone under arrest because you should know better at this point? Yes. Okay. It looks the same everywhere, right? That, that's just part of discipline, and there are consequences to actions. Yes. Okay. And he also relates us to children, not like little baby children, but meaning that we follow the Lord and don't have our own perception of we know best and we can do whatever we want and go wherever we want. You have, you're following the Lord like a normal child would. They look up to their parents for guidance to know what to do. Mm-hmm. They're, yes, why? because they're being taught. There is also the expectation that they grow and they mature and come to that place where they don't need to be told everything every time. Right? That they, yes. They actually receive the instruction that's been poured into them, that's been given, and apply it to their lives, right? That's the first John piece, right? Not as little infants or little children or as adolescents, but eventually attaining to the, I'll say, level of fathers and, or parents, right? Where you already know, you live it out, and you can teach others. Mm-hmm. And I live it out, I mean, not selective, but all the time you're living it out what you're teaching. And then there's the element where you may not know everything yet, but what you do know, do that. Which exactly. is what um, James chapter 4 is saying. Mm-hmm. You may not have all the information that there ever was. You know, we're not God. He's revealing things to us step by step. But walk in the, the level of knowledge that you do have. Walk in obedience in the things that you've been exposed to from him at this point. Do those and do them diligently because you know better at that point, right? At that time. Yes. Okay. I'm with you, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Other thoughts? No. Kyla, Isla? No, I don't have anything. Okay. Well, looking at verse 13 again. Gird mm-hmm. up the loins of your mind and be, so, uh, be sober. To me, that's more like how, how I would speak to my, my sisters. I had to get your mind right. <laughs> <laughs> that means the loins are usually describing an inward part not clearly visible to someone on the outside. That would, used to kind of tickle me a little bit when Abraham would talk about his loins and like, where are your loins? Point to them. <laughs> 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 He's got loins. But it, it's more so describing an inward part of you that's not clearly visible to others. And um, so that means strengthen your own mind and be sober, clear-minded, not delusioned, not drunk, not confused, 
but be clear and accurate in your mind frame. And be alert. And be alert. Because, as you, you described earlier, Layla, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So will he become. But if your mind is going, oh, God, it's too hard. It's not fair. Why me? Or grumbling and complaining. Are you going to be able to walk in the things of God? No. Are you going to be able to not conform yourself to the former lusts? It's going to be very difficult. Because if your mind, um, I think James also talks about the tongue, how it's a, yes. an unruly fire that's mm-hmm. difficult to control. Who can bridle it, right? But who was... Is there, are there tongues just wiggling across the table on their own, you know, doing an inchworm, (laughs) going somewhere? No, the tongues are controlled by what? The person? By the person, by what part of the person? The mind. The mind. Your tongue doesn't just start talking on its own without you first directing it and fueling it with words to speak. But if your mind is not sober, if it's not been girded up, Focused on the things of the Lord. It's not been renewed. What's going to come out of your mouth? Won't be been thinking. Mm-hmm. Won't be long. However, when your mind is renewed by the Word of God, you'll be able to speak those things which are edifying not only to you but to others. You'll be able to come into agreement and alignment with what God has said to you. But it's so important for us as believers that we believe the truth. That we radically recognize it and believe it. Mm-hmm. And here we talk about, you'll hear me reference what the enemy does a lot of times. And it's not because I'm exalting the enemy. He's, he's nothing. He's a defeated foe. But the point is that we are aware strategically of what's happening. God does not bring guilt to us. God does not bring depravity to us. He does not bring unruliness to us. But what he does is good, right? It's edifying. It's able to succeed. It's his perfect will. That's what he guides us into. Mm-hmm. So if something else is coming that's bringing guilt, condemnation, shame, if you don't know that that's not God talking, how will you strengthen your mind against it? How will you be sober? You'll start to believe those things, and you'll even believe this is how you feel about yourself. How will you be able to identify, one, who it's from, and two, what the aim or goal is? Right? You guys play games? Yes. Right? Board games, all kinds of games, right? Do you play them half haphazardly? Is no. it not paying attention? No, you guys are focused. You're focused on what everyone else is doing, so you're not tricked. Right? So someone doesn't pull a fast one on you, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, they they the, grab the rule sheet out first. Yeah, and oh, absolutely. They read right? the rules. No, this is what it is. Well, aren't we supposed to do those exact same things in our life and our walk with Christ? Yes. Mm-hmm. What did Jesus do? No, it's written right here. Here's what it is. Here's what, it, here's what the word says. Mm-hmm. We should be doing the same thing, right? Being alert, sober mind. Like you see that demonstrated out with Christ, but that's also how we should be living our lives and conducting ourselves. Mm-hmm. in our walk, right? Being aware. Now, as you were saying, honey, we we do discuss frequently about, hey, this is 
these are some of the tools and tactics of the enemy, of Satan, the adversary. Mm-hmm. Why? So you can be aware. Because at the core, it's the same thing every time. It's the same type of trick, if you will, or same um, same categories. attempt. Right, yeah. exactly. He attacks the same kind of categories time after time. He may have a different inflection on it because of your personality or where you grew up or, you know. But it's literally at the core. It's the same thing in the same way every time. So he brings the same tactics against people in Brazil as he does in America, as he does in... In Asia or Europe or wherever. It's not a different set of rules. But Paul said, I would not have you be ignorant or... I'm not... Maybe it wasn't Paul, but um, one of the disciples said, I wouldn't have you ignorant of Satan's devices. People perish for a lack of knowledge, right? Yes. So if you understand how the enemy comes, then you're like, oh, there he is. When things start kicking up, you understand what it is. And once you understand what it is, you're able to put it into perspective. And now you're equipped. You're like, okay, this is the tool that I use for that. Let me get out the word of God and ching, 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 you know, slice him up and cut his head off and move on. Which also is what? Being able to separate the holy from the profane, right? You can identify that. We should be able to identify those things. Now, we don't have to do it on our own. That's why the Lord sent us his Holy Spirit to teach us, to lead us, to guide us, to take from the Father and disclose or share it with us in the moment that we need it. We have to be in tune, though. Aligned, not separated by sin. Mm-hmm. But he always provides a, a way out of of escape, out of every temptation. Mm-hmm. We have to take it, That's which right. means we have to be listening mm-hmm. in order to understand, observe the way out, and then we have to move forward in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for some people, it can be intoxicating to believe lies. <laughs> it, it's easier to go, I'm, I'm nothing but a failure. I can never do anything right. It's intoxicating, especially when you get in and that's all you hear swirling around and around. And people just kind of get lulled into that, just from, like from a... From many, many people, right? Because if one person's thinking it and they express it, how many other people, right, the group think mentality, they immediately come alongside that, right? What did the Lord say? A little leaven leavens the whole loaf. Mm-hmm. And in particular, I, I think I'm talking about lies today because there is a spirit mm-hmm. of deception Absolutely. in the world. And the enemy is a liar. The Lord says he's, he was a liar from the beginning. From the not, beginning. That's not how God created him. But when he fell, he fell by lying. That was a part of his character, if you will. Um, yes, I know he was prideful. But all of that comes together. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. You can't just get a little bit of sin. You get the whole thing. Right? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's important that we put on the truth of God. And that's, I think you guys have heard me say this before. When things come to me, like some things are like, you know, if the enemy started talking about fornication or adultery, I call you red flag on that like 10 miles away because it has nothing in me. But sometimes he tries to impersonate your voice or the voice of someone else that you trust. Right. Or like, say, for example, if you have a conversation with your parents and or your friends and you're like, 
it sounded like they said I was stupid. They may not have been saying that at all. That's because the enemy's coming in there and twisting, right? And even in your own thoughts, he may try to make it sound like your voice. He'll, he doesn't say, you're stupid, per se. He might go, I'm stupid, hoping that you won't catch the difference. God doesn't call us stupid. Everything that he says edifies. Now, he may use terms from the Bible. You're lying. But he doesn't assassinate our character either. You're a liar is totally different than saying you're lying. See, those subtle differences can make the difference between you accepting a lie as the truth or you going, no, I caught you, devil. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. Does that make sense? Yes. So pay attention. When God speaks to you, it brings peace on the inside, even if it's something that is not pretty on the outside. It still brings peace on your in, in your inward being. The enemy doesn't have access to your spirit. Doesn't When you're alive to Jesus Christ, he doesn't have access to your spirit. And before then, your spirit is not awakened. It's dead, basically. Okay? Yes. So when you are saved, you've accepted Jesus, your spirit is awake, that's where the peace of God resides. So the enemy doesn't have access to that. It's more an external bombardment and accusatory and guilt-ridden. The Lord convicts us, but he doesn't condemn us. Mm -hmm. He says, hey, that's not right. You didn't tell the truth there. Or was that your pencil that you took? Right? He corrects us and he goes, that's not right. And he means for you to come and turn around, but he does not shame you. He does not ridicule you. He doesn't belittle you. Okay? So that's, make it your business to find out how your father comes to speak to you, your heavenly father. Mm -hmm. Knowing his voice is so important. And then when you find out what he's saying, align yourself with him. Because the more you resist him, the smaller and quieter his voice gets. The it's more difficult to recognize his voice once your heart becomes or your conscience becomes seared with the hot iron. Every time you ignore him, you make it harder to hear his voice. So every time you listen, you make it what? Easier. All right. It becomes more and more clear to you. And being holy for he is holy is not about legalism. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Mm-hmm. It's not about marching like a soldier. But we are under the law of love. God's grace has always been in the earth, but we are under the law of love. Perfect law of liberty. That's what That's Jesus right. did. He showed us how the Lord intended for for our for us to live out our relationship with him, to be in relationship with him, and then how to live out our walk in a relationship with him. And he said the whole law is fulfilled in what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. There's no law against love, right? Love does no harm to a neighbor. So once you put on the holiness of God, put on his love, and then you go, hmm, you know, I used to wear my outfit like that, you know. My, my, my children have heard me say how I used to dress when I was younger. I mean, I, I didn't leave anything to the imagination, 
And I was intent about doing that because I thought that's where my value came from, what I look like. But when I put on Christ in sincerity, I was able, you can ask that question, does this outfit reflect the love, the love of God? Is it loving for me to cause another man to lust? Okay, that's not the love of God. There you go. Put those ladies up and, you know, put, put some pants on that aren't quite so tight or whatever it is. When it comes to interacting with your parents or your siblings or the people that you come across, is how, how you're speaking to them. Is that the law of love? Or is it your anger? Or is it your self-esteem um, coming through? Or is it something different? If it's not the love of God, then that, that's a guiding place for you. Okay. Yes, more. Any okay. questions on that? No. No. Okay. And I, you know, we keep seeing throughout the scriptures the same concepts from God. <laughs> Everywhere Verse, we go. Yes. Yes. Because it's important. Verse twenty: For indeed He was foreordained, mm-hmm. that is Christ, before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these times. So although. We know that God declares the end from the beginning. He lined out the track. I mean, mm-hmm. Jesus participated in this. He's God as well. But they, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, lined out his track and had a specific point that he would be manifest to us for this specific, specific purpose. He still ordained it before the foundation of the world. So likewise, we are ordained because he made us in his image and his likeness, right? Yes. Yes. So, um, keep that, keep that before you as you're making your choices. There is a plan and a path that God has for you, and other people will be blessed by your obedience. I'm certainly blessed by Jesus's obedience. Amen. <laughs> because when he once he laid aside his his deity, his godness, if that's a word, and put on the mortal body, he had to go through the same things we did. Mm-hmm. In all points, he was tried like we were. Tested, but he was without sin. So keep in mind that what God put on the inside of you, and I know you're young, and you know some may be young, some may be older, and go, well, is there still a destiny for me even at this point? Absolutely. Yes. yes, God has accounted for every second of your life, every moment. Remember that it, there, is, there are good things in it for you, there's the plan of God being made manifest, but also there's destiny for somebody else that's attached and associated with yours. In our obedience, others will be blessed. Mm-hmm. Just like Christ, right? Which is why verse 21 ends with, he was raised from the dead and was given glory, so your faith and hope are in God. Amen. So I would encourage you today, put your faith and hope in him. He means, he purposes, he has plans for you, for your prosperity, not to do you harm. And in the prosperity, blessing, future, a hope, right? All that, it is also to teach us to his teach us his ways, his thoughts that we become more like his son, Jesus Christ. Right? Yes. We reflect Christ, or we should, in every aspect 
of our lives. That's what's required. Don't, don't hold anything back. Put it all at his feet. Give it all to him. He wants us to be more like him. That is where we are blessed, putting everything on him. Right? He carried the sins of the world to the cross, if you will, right? And covered them in his blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure he can handle whatever you have going on. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you, just give it to him. Trust in him. Right? That's faith. Trust. And put your hope in him. All right? Yes. All right. Well, let's close out there for today. Can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right. Go for it, Layla. Lord, I just thank you for today and for your word, Lord. And we just cast our cares upon you, Lord, for you care for us, Lord. And we are anxious for nothing, Lord. We don't worry about anything because we know that you take care of us, Lord, and you've got everything covered. And, Lord, so we just celebrate in your strength, Lord, and exalt your name above every other name, Lord, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, Lord. And we confess today that you are God, Lord. And we just continue to exalt you, Lord, and hold you in your place, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. and Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.